Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. So Tuesday, throwing out the first pitch at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, Fallon. Thursday, no laying out podcast. What's the biggest deal of the week? Um, I'll, in terms of order that I knew of them happening, I'm going to go with uh, the Fallon, you, and then the first pitch. So but, how'd that play out? Uh, yeah, I was just going to the game at Wrigley with my girlfriend and then two people that work at uh, my management. And, um, yeah, we I know a couple guys in the team, so – <clears throat> went and saw them beforehand and then was kind of down on the field before I'd never been to Wrigley so I was kind of taking it all in and uh it was about 12 40 and they were like hey do you uh do you want to throw out the first pitch and I was like what do you what and you don't like, have yeah. that figured out yet <laughs> yeah I was like I thought they were joking because I'm like uh you this is like one of those things you have planned sure and I was like uh, I don't know and then everyone's like yeah come on just do it and I was like all right whatever I'll do it they're like okay be back in 15 minutes I'm like what <laughs> So I have no warm ups, no you nothing. You to throw any anything in no, the bullpen I had or anything. Nothing. So I I went and had a beer. That was all I had. I was like, <laughs> did you okay. did you fire a strike? I didn't. No. no. I, I got it was way too much in my head that I was going to throw it in the dirt and it did not go in the dirt. Did you airmail him? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I haven't seen the clip yet, but yeah, for good um, reason. <laughs> well, first off, we got to address this. You are getting absolutely <clears throat> fleeced on cart fees, by the way. How about that? Two hundred dollars? Where? How is this? What? What's going on here? You pay? What? What are you spending nine hundred dollars in the pro shop for? Also. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I like to. I care about my family and my friends, so <laughs> I, I guess I was just getting a lot of good gifts for them for Christmas yeah. or something. I know you got money now, but I feel like you could get some of this. You get a better yeah. deal on some of this stuff, yeah. but uh, usually I don't love talk, like asking other like players about other players. You've been on several times, so we've done your background and all that. And we got to talk about the last week's PGA Championship. Uh, you had a front row seat to kind of the resurgence of Tiger, and this is a, a very obviously a very big deal in the golf world. But you've got a relationship with Tiger. You've you've formed one over the last <clears> few years, and it's got to be. I would imagine it's interesting. You being well, you're 25 now, mm-hmm. and so you grew up watching him, and yeah. now you're friends with him. What's the genesis kind of of your guys' relationship, though? Yeah, our uh, our friendship. It's it's really it's cool, and and every once in a while, I just I, I kind of have to pinch myself a little bit just because that's I, I don't know how it ha- really happened. I mean, I, I just I kind of reached out to him a couple of years ago when when he was hurt and I wanted to talk to him uh, about Augusta and he wasn't playing. And so he was more than happy to, to help since he wasn't in the field. And um, <laughs> yeah, we just I don't know. We, we just kind of got along. Our our, our um, personalities kind of mesh pretty well and we're both competitive. But yeah, I mean, I, I just grew up watching him and, and I feel like he is the reason I am where I am now or the reason that I, I started loving golf as much as I did. And yeah, it's just, I, I really enjoyed the opportunity to try to learn from anybody, not necessarily him. I mean, guys like Phil or Davis love or whoever it may be. I, I asked them so many questions because I, I just feel like if I can get pull one thing out of a, a conversation of 20 things they say, then maybe I can use it to help me. And, um, you know, he's not quite as open as he was, was when he say, was hurt. Did but, things uh, change since uh, in the last <clears throat> year or so when he's returned? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, if I get him in the right, you know, the right spots, then um, 
then he'll still, you know, be pretty normal with me. But it's, uh, but yeah, we're not exactly going through a bunch of different shots that he knows before Augusta like we were a couple of years ago. When was it clear to you that he was going to be back in, in a big way? I mean, it was it, you had a front row seat kind of mm-hmm. in the early stages of it. Yeah, when we first started playing when he was back, and I mean, I was never going to say anything to anybody just because you don't know what's going to happen. But, I mean, I told my family, I was like, if he stays healthy, I think he'll win this year just because he had the speed back. Um you could tell he just he really he really wanted to and he wants to make that Ryder Cup team so bad and he he made that very apparent from the beginning of the year which is pretty cool to see that he's played this well and given himself a very 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 real he's earned it chance. Oh, I mean. exactly yeah he's, he's, he's a real earned. chance it's not, he's gonna be on the team it's not something to where it's like oh we're picking him because sure. it's Tiger Woods it's like we're, we want to pick him because he's playing yeah. you know a top five player in the world kind of thing right yeah now. absolutely and, um, so it, it just it was cool to kind of see that whole transition, but um, I mean the most important thing is he's healthy and, and he seems to be having fun, which is cool. Well, and you know halfway through that first round, you guys are paired together in the PGA Championship. It just looked like you know at least those first few holes, you got off to a hot start. He struggled in the start, and it was just like, man, all right, we can't get too excited about that. Like it, it, he's you know he's playing well, but like clearly he's not on JT's level right now. And then he just like rallies and just yeah. fires off what he did. Was that, I mean, it's not a course that probably set up that great for him. Were you surprised to see him struggle in the beginning, or were you surprised to see him turn it on, or what did any of that part of the process surprise yeah, you? Yeah, it just was, it really was just kind of two holes. I mean, he, um, I mean, 10, we started on probably the hardest hole in the golf course, and yeah. 8.15 or 8.20 in the morning, that rough, if he missed the fairway on that hole, you weren't going to be able to get to the green. So making bogey there wasn't a big deal, but yeah, the double he made on 11 was bad. He just, he had a not a either wasn't a smart shot or just not a good shot where he hit in the water and then he just did what he does so well um <clears throat> just kind of plots his way back and and it's it's really really fun to watch playing tournament golf with him um just the up and downs you know that just how he grinds on those four and five footers and you know I remember reading when I was when I was a kid how he treats every three four five footer like it's to win the golf tournament because you never know yeah. come Sunday if it is and he really does, and he, he makes so many of them. Um, he, he just makes those par-saving putts when he used to, and, yeah, he had a great back nine on Thursday that realistically kept him in the tournament. Sounds like you're still learning from him on the golf course and, yeah. and whatnot. I mean, you're a major champion now. You've made your own way, but, like, you're still picking up things in the middle of competition from yeah. him. But uh, from your for your own perspective on the PGA Championship, you had you had a great week. Or kind of what was your major takeaway of the week? Do you feel – and obviously you won it last mm-hmm. year – do you feel was there a sense of disappointment in not closing the deal this year? Did you is it you know you walk away? What I forget what you finished exactly. Uh, tied six. Tied six. Yeah. So do you walk away feeling accomplished after that week or how's that go? A little bit of both. I mean, I was I was really disappointed with my finish just because I felt like um, I mean I, I couldn't believe you know starting four back to to Brooks, let alone anybody else, um, that I had a putt on nine to take the lead. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane and. But and then obviously had a bad three putt there on nine, but then made great birdies on ten and eleven, and that was just like you know okay I'm right back in this thing. I have a, and I was so comfortable and I was so, the adrenaline was pumping. You know I felt, I felt like I was gonna have a great chance to win, and I just um, you know I hit hit good shots there. I hit a good up and down on twelve and hit a really good shot in a thirteen and just kind of misread a putt, and then fourteen just took all the wind out of my sails and that that was a bummer to uh to finish those last five holes how I did but 
my first title defense in a major, you know, uh, giving myself a chance on Sunday. I was, uh, I was pleased with that part. I mean, we talked, you came on the pod last year, right after you won the PGA, we made a, made a rule that you had, you weren't allowed to come back on until you won the masters, but we were yeah. willing to break it for this. Thank so, you. I yeah, appreciate you're that. welcome. Um, how different was the feel? Like how different did quail feel versus Bellarive on that? Like the weekend with all that was going on all around, how different was that? It was a lot different, but the the crowds at, at Quail were unbelievable too. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, the, I don't know, it's unbelievable just the the crowds that come to the PGA. You know, all the majors are obviously great, but somehow, some way, the PGA just always seems to get it just a massive showing. Um, this year was for a little different reason, yeah. but um, but I just remember at Quail like last year coming up those 16th, 17th, 18th holes and just looking around and being it, you know, it's 20, 30 deep walking up and it's just was, that it was 17th hole. There was, was a un- lot of people. unbelievable. And um, so that feeling was a little similar, but I mean that just the buzz in the air with all that was going on and the potential history and, and, and the potential storylines and a chance for me to go back to back. I mean, it was uh, there was a lot going on. So walk me through the eleventh hole on Sunday. I'm surprised you took you this long. <laughs> I wanted to kind of set the scene a little bit here, mm-hmm. but what happened? Your eleventh hole tee is up. You know you're going to get roasted by me on Twitter if you lay up, so you go for it, right? Yeah, it was. Um, it just it was a, it was a tough pin. It was a really it was a great great setup. I mean, Carrie always does an unbelievable job. I feel like with the PGA with the course setups. Uh, you know, they moved it up on Friday, and they kind of had the pin a little farther back. It was a, it was easier pin, a lot easier pin to wedge it to. Um, we talked about it. I just I was hitting it really, really well. Uh, Jimmy was – he was probably 60, 40, 70, 30 of me laying up just because of – it wasn't as easy of a chip if you miss it in the left rough as it was before. Yeah, Friday, right? It was really exactly. easy yeah, up and down yeah, from Yeah, there. you just hit it over there, and you kind of – you're chipping up the green. Yeah. Um, but it was just a perfect three-wood number. As far as the ball was going, I think it was like 298 hole or something. And I knew if I had a good three-wood, I was going to land it right at the base of that hill. And, it, and I just felt like at that point in the tournament, I had a chance if I make a two, it's, yeah. it's huge. Um, it's gas pedal Yeah, I, I was never going to make a worse than a four hitting laying up. And, I, I mean, my wedge game has been really good the last month. I was probably going to have inside of 10, 12 feet. But to me, I felt like it was worth the risk. Um, it wasn't going to go right. <laughs> Because you know I can I can make birdie uh, somehow from left and uh, yeah I hit hit a little double cross there and um, yeah I, I ha- someone happened to get in the way yeah <laughs> I was gonna say first you struck the perfect pose I mean that was like the yeah. Jerry West moment mm-hmm. I could overlay the two images and it would be <laughs> it would be the same one first and one you think that you're the logo you're not the logo but anyways no so I know it, I'm not okay it did it really nailed somebody they they didn't cover that on TV I just assumed that it hit somebody but what happened. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I hit someone right in the head. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I was <laughs> yeah, I did. It was um, yeah. He was, I guess, like just left of the path. It was probably ten yards, like kind of from the where the gallery is. And uh, yeah, I didn't hear it or see yeah. anything because it was pretty far left. <clears throat> and walking up there, and the rules officials like, hey, he's like, you hit someone. Uh, just want to let you know we have someone coming. Uh, I guess he's he's bleeding a little bit, but we have someone. He's fine and everything. And I'm like, oh, geez, not again. You have like some experience in this matter. <clears throat> and I go to my bag and uh, see that I, you know, I didn't have any gloves left. And you didn't have any gloves left? No, I'd, I'd given some. Like it was so hot that pretty much every day when I was done yeah. warming up, I would just throw them out. Cause, yeah. Um, and luckily, I, I on Jimmy's side, I kind of keep some extra balls, gloves for scoring whatever it is and um so yeah we 
I get up there, did the, the usual sonic glove for him. We got his information because, so you know, if he has any kind of medical yeah. stuff like that, I mean, we want to take care of it. But uh, he, was in, he was good. He was in good spirits, and um, I was glad to see he was okay. Well, I mean, there's so much going on that they kind of – it was <clears throat> the broadcast is jumping in and out of what mm-hmm. happened. So I actually didn't know that, that whole story uh, behind it. But So you're up under that tree – you're not you're not in a good position mm-hmm. at all. What what else happens while you're yeah, there? Yeah, I actually have a good picture to uh, I, I, that someone sent me that I'll, I'll show you. It's a picture from they're down below because I mean the guy's just sitting there and like I had to move the gallery because mm-hmm. it actually kicked like twenty yards back and left like behind two trees and that, that was we're walking up there. The rules officials like, well, the good thing is like we've heard word you're fine. Like you you have a shot and I'm like, oh great. And I get up there, I'm like. Like, my- <laughs> what? Like, I'm behind two trees. Like, I got to I'm in this rut. Like, yeah. It was bad, but I had to move everybody, but it was kind of on a, a bank, and he was sitting there. I'm like, dude, like, you're fine. Like, I'm I'm not going to hit you again. I'm going a little different route here. So he was able to stay there, but it was, um, yeah, that was a pretty unbelievable up and down because I, again, I'm just trying to make four at that point, and I just, I had an eight iron. I felt like if I kind of hit a low one and landed it just on that down slope, it could kind of get enough momentum to go up the hill, but if I land it too far on the upslope, then it wasn't going to bounce up. And I just need to get on the other side of the hole, try to get it 15, 20 feet. My yeah. putter was feeling pretty good that day. And uh, just kind of one of those things that luckily just went in there, you know, eight feet and knocked it in. Well, what happened between, you know, I don't know when it actually <clears throat> happened, but didn't something happen with a scoreboard posting? Yeah. Yeah. I was reading my putt um, and I was kind of like, I'm reading it and the view I was on, there was a, a scoreboard kind of right there and, and they, or they took a because I, I think I was at, um, I was at eleven under, and I think Tiger was at ten, and they took the, the zero off, and the crowd's kind of waiting. But I mean, I'm not paying attention. Sure. I'm reading my putt, and then they put the eleven up so that everyone knew you made a birdie, and they went nuts. <laughs> Who, and what like, scoreboard keeper does that while somebody's about to putt? I know, and um, <laughs> so I, I just kind of like had to regroup and just kind of walked around the hole and. Uh, that was a huge putt for me. I, I ended up making it, and I was like, you know, that after all that happening, and I just kind of felt like I, I got a lot of momentum from yeah, that. Yeah, you walked that one in, and mm-hmm. that was, yeah, that up and down to, to, to pull you back <coughs> into it. But um, So after you're done, was, Tiger was behind you, right? Yeah, two groups. What do you do? Like, well, after, you're, after you're finished, you're this exhausting <coughs> four-day, do mm-hmm. you care who wins behind you? Are you paying attention to that? What's your next step? Yeah, no, I was looking at the leaderboards all day because yeah. I wanted to know where I was. And, I mean, once I got to – 16 and made bogey there I knew I pretty much didn't have a chance I felt like if I went eagle birdie and posted then I'd have a a slim chance but I could at least finish you know top two or three um but uh yeah then just kind of went par par those last two holes and and then as soon as I got in I was signing my scorecard and I saw Brooks hit it to like eight feet on 16 and I was just like all right this is over done so uh but it was pretty cool to, to see Tiger, uh, you know, birdie 18 like that. Yeah, Twitter was a bit of buzz about something about you guys, you and Shane Lowry on the 16th mm-hmm. hole, he's lining up a drop. You clarify that, that was there was no issue between you guys, Mm-mm. right? It was just a ruling. No, yeah. It's, I mean, it, Shane being the, the player, and he, he wants to make sure he's getting the proper drop. And, um, yeah, he, he didn't hit a good tee shot over there to the right, and I uh, I hit one just right of the green, and and he, got a, he had a rules official come. And I guess the the rolling he was he was getting just didn't really make sense, so he called another official over, and then that took a little bit of time. And um, I mean, I didn't have a very good lie, so I'm just kind of like looking at it, and I feel like I was over reading it, so I'm kind of just start walking around a little bit. And then the rules officials kind of couldn't 
figure out what the deal was. So Shane's like, guys, like, I just need to know here. And because they kind of kept talking, it was just taking a while. And, um, it just was an unfortunate time of the day for that. Cause I, I, you know, I kind of had some, I just made an unbelievable about 30 footer for par on 15, trying to keep this momentum going. And, uh, so finally I was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to go guys. It, it was nothing against Shane. It yeah. just was the, the timing of it and, and wishing it didn't take so long. Yeah. All right, this is a tough one. The uh, the globalists at Callaway are forcing me to say this. I imagine that uh, Turncoat Tron had something to do with this as well, seeing as how he is rooting for the European team. But I know you guys remember the recently released Stars and Stripe Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls that Callaway came out with. It's got their popular Truvis pattern in a patriotic red, white, and blue design, which is very fitting since all of Callaway's Chrome Soft golf balls are made here in the U.S., well, to gear up for the Ryder Cup, they announced a disgusting-looking Team Europe version with a European flag of the yellow and blue design. That's those same gross colors that we've seen year over year. Both of these golf balls feature everything you love about the performance of ChromeSoft, including the graphene-infused outer core, which allows Callaway to engineer an incredibly incredible-feeling golf ball that's low spin off the tee with increased shot-stopping spin around the green. So... The Stars and Stripes and European Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls will be available in the U.S. and Europe in limited quantities online and at retail starting this Friday, August 24th. So visit CallawayGolf.com for more info. Pick yours up before they're all gone. And now let's get back to our podcast with JT. So going all the way back, I think we chatted last right before you were getting ready to take off, I guess, for the FedEx Cup and for the for the President's Cup. The President's Cup was your first team event uh, as a pro, and not to get too much back to Tiger, but I think that's kind of where things started to change for him. And that mm-hmm. I, I heard so much feedback from you know the media was saying how much of an effect that kind of week had on him. What was it like to have Tiger in that team room and the President's Cup? I know he's assistant captain, mm-hmm. but like, does kind of everyone defer to him in that room? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. It's um, it, it's nice because since he's a vice captain, you're like, hey, Tiger, I need another uh, sandwich. Can you go, uh, <laughs> you go get me that? So, um, does he actually do it? Uh, he he takes it very seriously. He, yeah. He'll do whatever we need. Um, you know, to <laughs> to an extent, <clears throat> he um, he knows that most of the time we're just messing with him. But it's uh, yeah, it's good fun, and he takes it very very seriously, which is even cooler. Did anything about that first team experience surprise you? I mean, it's it, it's one of my favorite things to point out, though, that you, you've never played in a Ryder Cup, and we're yeah. going to get there. But with that first team experience, the President's Cup, anything there surprise you? Um, <clears throat> not really. It just – I think because I'd been to a couple of Ryder Cups with my dad working the PGA, and, like, I'd seen him. Um, I mean, I, I watched so many of them, and I have so many friends that have played in a bunch. I don't know. I just – I felt like I somehow knew what I was getting myself into, and uh, I don't know. It's just, it was a blast. It really was. I mean, we we played some really really good golf that week, and uh, it was it was very enjoyable. It was it was dominant. So how does how does that experience relate to the Ryder Cup? I mean, it's a similar group in charge. It's mm-hmm. going to be made up a lot of the same guys. And how like how involved are you again? You're a rookie, but how involved are you in the process of like? Who's going to be filling out those final four spots on the team? Who's pairing who? Has that process started yet? Or what, what goes on there from your perspective as a rookie that's already made the team? Yeah, uh, I, I talked to Jim a couple times. I talked to him during the week of the French because he wanted to know, you know what I thought of the course or uh, about it. And I talked to him afterwards, kind of want to go through hole by hole after he went and played it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like for President's Cup, we kind of would talk as the picks were – 
that process was going strict would call us and we you know he'd ask us what we thought ask you know in an ideal situation who are our ideal pairings who would we want to play with not want to play with whatever it may be and um because it's it is a big deal but he they want to get as much information as possible so they can all kind of dissect it and get together and uh and kind of create the best teams and how did for the president's cup you and you played with burger you played with ricky right so mm-hmm. do you is it more what matters more to you kind of similarity in style of play or just kind of friendship or like wanting to play with buddies how does that what, what do you favor in that regard for me i want to know the person's game and i want them to know my game um I think that was something that Rick and I did so well and, and Boog and I just, uh, Boog, that was just kind of a random thing, you know, like Strick came up, it was like, Hey, do you want to play with Boog? And I was like, I'd love to. I mean, yeah. Boog's got that demeanor. He oh doesn't care. <laughs> and, um, he played some unbelievable golf that day because <clears throat> I wasn't, um, I didn't have my best stuff and I was, I was running out of gas and I, uh, I was glad to have him. You were screaming with your, like running around with your head cut off. Yeah. Hey man, I, I was, I was a heck of a hype man that day. But I need to, we need to print Boog's quote after that after Saturday and like frame it in our house or something. He said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I mean, I hope we go out and beat him even worse tomorrow." You guys were up like fourteen and a half to two and a yeah. half or something like that. And he's, "Yeah, I hope we go out and beat him even worse tomorrow." Uh, so you mentioned you played the the Le Golf National at the French Open this year. Were you were you more surprised? Were you surprised at all that more Americans didn't go over and play that event as well? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, I knew it was the, the thing about it is being kind of in the middle of the season you know it wasn't too long before the British um and for me it worked out well because I was going to have those three weeks off in the states so and I don't want to take three weeks off before a major so I I felt like it was a good opportunity to go see the course but the field is going to be really good for world ranking it's a Rolex series event it's a, it's a great purse it's a great opportunity I felt like it would have um maybe set a little bit of a statement if I went over there and won a European tour event there um and you know, I want to I want to win in as many different countries, places, continents, whatever it may be, as I can, and um, that just it would have been really cool. I felt like to to go over there and play well, but it it did work out well. I mean, Paris was unbelievable. Versailles was incredible. It just was it was it was a really really fun week. I'm I'm glad I went. As I say, it's a really tricky part in the schedule because mm-hmm. either guys you you don't go play four events in a row. You don't go yeah. play French, Irish, Scottish, and then the British. Exactly. And you don't really want to go over, come back, and go over, mm-hmm. which is what you did. But I I got a lot of questions where were you surprised that more Americans didn't go over? But I said. If you really want to see the golf course, you can go over for a day yeah. or two. Which, which guys did? You know, guys they went before a lot the of guys went before the British, and yeah. um, and it's going to play differently in September. Exactly, as well. it's yeah. it's like going to play Augusta in December. It's like, yeah, it's cool to go play Augusta, but are you really getting that much prep for the right. Masters? No, it's just. Um, so I felt like playing it in tournament competition. Um, I just felt like it w- it would help me a lot. All right, so take us to La Golf National. What mm-hmm. is what's the golf course like for those that haven't seen it? And is it is it something? You know, it's, I think it's going to be quite different than like what the what the setup setup was at Hazeltine and whatnot. But what is what do you think? What are you thinking after seeing that golf course? It's a great course. It's I I really enjoyed it. I I hit seven drivers in four rounds. So wow, it's not a it's it's very very narrow. Um, I mean, I remember walking around there and I was sending pictures to. To like Jordan and Rick, and I was just like, guys, like, <laughs> here's where you guys are gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, all right, so who gets the odds? Or who gets the... <laughs> um, it's there's a lot of water uh, on the course, and it's it's just it's a cool little layout. It is. Um, you really it, w- it was windy a couple of days, so you had to flight the ball. You had to hit different shots. It was a lot of crosswinds, so it was never like you know straight in or straight down. It just was kind of okay. You had to hold 
because because the fairways were so narrow, you can never really ride the wind and get it curving. You had to try to hit it as straight as possible. So you had to do a lot of kind of working it against the wind. And uh, I feel like you know being a, a good ball striker was was something that I really enjoyed about the golf course. And it's not a links course by definition, but it plays like a links course, right? In some yeah. way, does it play like a firm soil, firm ground, or does it play more target golf like it's, American golf? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, I mean, the greens were the greens were somewhat receptive uh, as the week went on. They, they got a little bit firmer, but yeah, the fairways were they could get firm if it, if it was firm. I mean, they'd be extremely difficult to hit. And then coming into those greens, you need to be out of the fairway. So it just was, uh, you know, I hit a lot of a lot of five irons, a lot of four irons off tees. I hit a lot of three woods uh, holes that I felt like I could hit driver. But just wasn't necessary, kind of thing. And um, sounds like a good Tiger course. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a ball striker to golf course. What did you have any one major takeaway? Something you learned about what you what you need to do while you're there, other than kind of that kind of style off the tee? Any major one takeaway? Not really. It's yeah. um, yeah. It, it it really is. It's just, it's just right in front of you. It's not like it, it was something where like, okay, man, I. I I know that I if I can't get there, I got to be over here, kind of thing. Yeah. It's like it's, it's just right in front of you. You see the hole. Uh, you you kind of know where the wind's at. You know where the pin is. Uh, and it just there's a couple holes you can play different strategy wise. Like I know uh, a couple guys that were behind me were just kind of hitting driver everywhere, but I, I didn't really see that when yeah. I was playing it. And um, so I guess there is some opportunity, but for the most part, it's just right in front of you. The Ryder Cup courses are not <clears throat> typically not trying to trick you. They're setting up for yeah. a good theater for mm -hmm. match plays. So it's going to be great ton. too. Yeah, that first tee is going to be probably unlike anything a Ryder Cup's ever seen. I can't wait to see what Reed does. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be unreal. So I mean, obviously, uh, so much gets made about you and Jordan, the buddies, saying all that that we're, we're like a million times past that. But it's going to come up again here in the coming weeks when it comes to partnerships. And obviously, he's paired, paired very well with Reed. Mm -hmm. Do you guys foresee a, a chance that you guys might play together? Or you mentioned his name there and you mentioned Rick's name there. Is that kind of where you kind of see things falling out? Yeah, I mean, the thing that, that I, I like about myself in these team competitions is I, I really do feel like I could pair with, with a lot of people. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't want to play with someone that I don't, if they have a different golf ball, if it's completely something that I have no experience with, something like that. But, I mean, that goes the same for about everybody. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, guys like Jordan and Ricky, I know their game really well. Um, so Jordan and I have always talked that we want to play at some point, and we will at some point, whether it's this year or next year or, or five years. I mean, I, I've, I'm very confident that we're, we're going to have some, some success in these team events together. But um, And it's, it's, it's hard to separate those two. You know, they've done so well. And as long as they keep winning points, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it's, somebody else. It is tricky. You do add a, a, an interesting twist to it. Right? <clears throat> I, I was wondering if, if that happened, if you mm -hmm. and Jordan play together, where does Reed play with? And it's – I could see he and Tiger being a really good four ball team. And I think, I know they play different golf balls and you mentioned the different golf ball. How mm -hmm. important to that is that to you in all, in alternate shot to be paired with somebody that you play the same golf ball? Yeah, it is. But it, it, it's nice because at the president's cup, and I assume it's the same at the Ryder cup, but you, you just kind of hit the other person's ball off the tee. So it's like Ricky would hit my ball off the tee. So that coming into the green with irons, I was hitting my ball, something I was comfortable with. And then he was just putting with it. Yeah, it's a little different putting. As crazy as it is, I mean, those golf balls feel different off the putter face. And uh, Strick even made that comment that, you know, his speed was – he often had to putt with Tiger's ball a lot because he couldn't get the speed down right away because it was 
softer and felt like he just couldn't get it to the hole, which it sounds bizarre. It sounds ridiculous, but it is true. I mean, Rick's ball is a little softer than mine. The, the uh, cover was. So I kind of had had some chips with it, some putts with it. But, I mean, both teams are going through the same stuff. Yeah, God, um, it's not just us. Yeah, you just reminded me. I remember, I forget who it was, but somebody was going through an equipment change, and they were <laughs> on the putting green and practicing with their new equipment. And they on like a 20-foot putt, they said the, the new equipment rolled two inches less. Like I could tell. There was a two-inch difference in, in the in the I don't get ball. that extreme. I know. Yeah. I was just like, golly, you guys are so incredibly dialed in. Um, and also, since you were last on, you won in Boston. You went on to win the FedEx Cup, the $10 million prize that goes with that. This was a, just a, about a month or so after winning the PGA Championship. How does playing for that kind of cash compare to competing and winning a major championship, the kind of pressure? You know, it, and you believe me – or not if you want, but I really didn't feel any different. I think the fact that I had a chance to win the golf tournament helped because yeah. I was not thinking about the FedEx Cup at all. It's just like I just I wanted to win that fifth I think yeah, my fifth time I think I would You won five times last year. So that would have been six. Okay. I wanted to win that sixth time because yeah. I think I read something that like only one other person had done that or something. I think it was Tiger or I don't know, whatever it was. But it was something to where I knew it just, it, it, man, it would have felt really good to close off the year like that. I mean, yeah, it was obviously unbelievable winning the FedEx Cup, not winning the Tour Championship. I don't care if I finished 30th in Atlanta, if I still win the FedEx Cup, that's great. But capping that week, that year off with the win would have been, uh, would have been pretty, pretty special. And um, I don't know, I just didn't, didn't really think about too much. I mean, when you, you kind of look up, you see the boards, they got the projected scoring all the time, and it's, it's pretty crazy. I remember looking up at one point in the beginning of the back nine and Jordan and I were tied <laughs> and that just um, wait they have the projected standings out there mm-hmm. at the tour. wow yeah. I didn't realize that yeah I, they, they have projected in every tournament we play I mean obviously it's not as important but it's yeah, yeah you get to Atlanta and you kind of look up and the projections are up and you see you know whatever how many points ahead or behind and yeah at one point we were tied for first for the FedEx Cup it's like man that would be some some unbelievable TV well and it's <laughs> You know, to, to, to a lot of people that don't play for, for money, it's easy to kind of get lost. And you guys make a lot of money, play for a lot of money. But the difference between you won the PGA and it's about $2 million versus now you're playing for 10 Like, that is a enormous, enormous mm-hmm. difference. And I, I, you mentioned the kind of distraction of trying to win the tournament. But that's why I was just – I was wondering if there's an amount of money – that would matter to you like to, to play for that would make you nervous in that regard. Like, does it make a difference if you're playing for 20 versus $10 million? Um. I don't know. I've never, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is like, I mean, I've, I've been just as nervous when I go out and and have a match with some buddies and we're, you know, we're playing for whatever we're playing for. It's not, it, it, there's everything is, is on a different stage or a different level. Uh, but I just feel like when you're, I, I've never really thought about money when yeah. I'm out there playing just cause I'm so worried about just winning. And, and I, I feel that over the course of my career, I'm, I'm going to be fine financially and I don't want to, I just I'm not out there for that. I'm out there to win as many tournaments as I can. Um, but I've been been fortunate to where I've never like been out there and like, oh, man, I need to if I don't win this, I, you know, right. I cost myself this much money kind of thing. That's I remember and it, as much as, as it sounds like a kind of media ish answer, a public answer. But I remember asking you about it after you won it and you were like, dude, I, I honestly really don't care about the money that much. Yeah. And you what well, didn't sound like lip service. But I remember even. Either you were a rookie, or what year did you finish like third at Sawgrass? Was that your rookie year or your second it year? It was no, my second year. Second year, I mm-hmm. remember. I, was, I asked you. I was like, you know, you just won like five hundred grand. What's that like? And you're just kind of like, 
yeah, I kind of plan to make a lot of money. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. So it's just, I just, I find that interesting, but I mean, yeah. has your life in, in what way or has it changed since you won $10 million? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I've definitely done some things that I probably wouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean the, the, the most enjoyment I get out of it is taking care of my friends and family. Uh, I mean, going on trips, like we did a little family vacation last year to the Bahamas and just like, and not having to worry about it. And right. I just, I, I don't know. I've always enjoyed being able to take care of the people that I'm closest to the most. It's just, it's really fun to me. I don't have any crazy hobbies or, or like stuff. That I don't love cars. I mean, I have one car and I have another one coming, but it's like, I don't have any desire to have six cars or right. like, I'm fortunate to where I'm sponsored by Rolex and I have watches with them. It's like, I'm not out spending my money a bunch of different ways, but it's uh, so to me, I get more enjoyment out of just kind of blowing it out on a weekend with some of my best friends uh, than anything else. And that's what, you know, we, we talked with Ernie Els a little bit about that too. It's kind of like he's in his late forties, still grinding out there playing mm-hmm. golf and he's made, you know, top five probably earnings in all, all time on the PGA tour. But people don't really fully realize you can do so, like, it's not all greed. It's not all for yourself. Mm-hmm. You can do so much. You have so much family you can take care yeah. of with, with fine and so much for charity. He's so much exactly. of what he does goes to his charity yeah. and all that stuff. So it's been fun too. Yeah. We've really, um, like one of the coolest things actually was just talking to my girlfriend about that is, I mean, eventually I, I want to have a foundation. I want to do something when, when something truly hits home with me of what I want to do it with. But, um, like last year, I was in uh, Louisville for Thanksgiving and we went to target and just bought like eight or $10,000 worth of stuff and went to the boys and girls club at Louisville. And just, cause I mean, you know, those kids, they yeah. don't get anything. That means and, the world. Yeah. Them. And it's like, it was, but I was actually there and was able to give it to them. And, um, and that was really cool. So just doing stuff like that to where, you know, going to a random restaurant and you get a waitress or a waiter. That's really nice. And just tipping them a couple hundred bucks just on a $10 tab. Sure. So, Stuff like that to where you can just kind of make a little difference in someone's life or, or someone's day. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool, but it's, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do it. That's cool. So you had your insane 2017 season. You won five times. You won three times this year. How do you evaluate your current season? You're coming off a career breakout year. You win three times, but it's not as good as last season. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you look back at this year and say that was a great year? Yeah, that yeah. was definitely a great year. Cool. Uh, I think just not winning a major this year holds this year from being a great year. Um, it's really the only difference. I mean, I, I feel I've definitely been more consistent this year. Uh, I've had a lot of really just kind of solid weeks. You know, I, I consider a top, a top 10, 15, 20, sometimes a solid week. I mean, it's not good by any means. I feel like if I play how I should, or, or um, make the right decisions on the course, I should be in the top 10 or top five. But, um, I just had a lot of weeks where I just haven't had my best stuff and I've kind of grinded out yeah. it. And, and those are huge come this time of year. You know, that's the difference from me being sixth or seventh in the FedEx cup and second and, um, or being sixth in the world rankings instead of third. So it's like, that's, that stuff is a big deal. And, and I take a lot of pride and, and, and consistency, but that being, it was funny because to myself, I put such a importance on, all right, I want to make every cut this year. I want to really finish in the, I want to finish top 25 every event I play in. I want to finish top whatever many times. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, like I haven't won. I feel like I haven't won in so long or like, I feel like I haven't had a chance to win. Like I'm kind of backdooring these eights or 11ths or whatever it may be. And, um, and yeah, I just was kind of practicing for Akron. I was like, man, like I just I want to win again. And it just kind of happened. So that yeah. was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> one, one thing I've noticed too, is just how in your, or in the early part of your career, it was, you were very hit or miss. Like you would, you would have mm-hmm. great weeks, but you yeah. would, you would, you would bottom out much more often than you mm-hmm. currently do. And I think that 
I feel like in stroke play and like the way the PGA Tour is set up, that's that's an okay style to be kind of in and out. And if you mm-hmm. miss cuts, it's not that big of a deal. But you guys, especially the top players, seem to take so much pride in making cuts. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. way bigger deal than I think people make it out to be. Because you turn on the TV, it's you know, and on the weekend, it's the top ten guys and whatnot. But you got it's people don't see that Friday grind of like I am not going home for the weekend. Yeah, because you because you can never know what can happen on a weekend. Sure. You get some certain places. Um, you know, I feel like a place like a Travelers is a great example where it's, you know, the, the winning score at the tournament's always 13 to 16, 17 under, but like two under makes the cut every year. It's it's just, it's one of those places where the scores yeah. kind of fluctuate a lot and you can make the cut, you know, by one or something like that. And then all of a sudden you you shoot 64 on Saturday and then 62 or three on Sunday and you have a chance to win. It's like, so just giving yourself a chance. Um, just, yeah, nothing pisses me off more than when I miss the cut and yeah. it's just, and you don't even have a chance. And it, I mean, you, you've obviously had a great couple years and, but it took a, a bit of a time for your breakthrough to come, to come, to really come. I, I say that with the perspective of one of your good friends, obviously Spieth was busted out in a big way. That's but the second time you but, referred to him. But I'm way. trying to get to a certain point <laughs> of it. Like, uh, at so many levels along the way, like you outperformed him, right? So at, at, at amateur levels, at different, at different levels. And it feels like, I guess, was it difficult for you to watch that knowing you were capable of it? And do you feel like you've kind of gotten to a point where, all right, now I've really proven myself on this stage and belong to, or deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence. Um, I, I still don't think, I mean, he's won three majors oh, I know. and I, you know, I've won one and he's still won. I think he's won more times than I have on mm-hmm. tour. Um, he has more accomplishments, but I've definitely making steps in the right direction. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of people out here that I think just because of my last two years, I get mentioned in the same sentences as when as a whole, I don't know if I deserve it quite mm-hmm. yet. And, um, which I'm fine with. It's yeah. like, look, I mean, I'm only in my fourth year on tour and, you know, yeah, by my sixth, seventh, and eighth, and when I'm played as many as Rory or as many as DJ or as many as Jordan, I feel like I have the capability of having the same accomplishments or more than they have. But um, but for the time being, I'm very pleased with how I've progressed and, and gotten better each year. One of the more eventful things that happened to you this year was an incident at the Honda Classic that was it caused some some social media waves. It almost mm-hmm. seemed to overshadow the fact that you won the tournament. We've heard you tell the full story, you know, in snippets and in the press conference and whatnot. But for the sake of this podcast, take us through what happened at the Honda Classic on the 16th hole, I think. Yeah, it was, you know, and I I made it very well known after the fact. I obviously wish I didn't do it. I was I overreacted, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, it just the the crowds at the Honda can get a little uh, a little rowdy. You know, it's um and little frat bro, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's exactly. So it's um you can tell that the drinks were flowing very late in the afternoon and yeah this guy had been kind of been needling me a little bit and uh and still that that's gonna happen I, I need to get over that fact but uh finally it just was the fact that I just had had enough and I just after yeah. he said that I turned around and I was just like dude like you gotta go I just I really I'm trying to win a golf tournament here I don't really care um and I I handled it very poorly I said that um but I shouldn't have done it at all I mean in retrospect, it's just one guy, um, and because of that one guy, I've created a lot more people that don't like me as well, opposed to one guy. So uh, it is what it is. I mean, it, 
if that's the worst, one of the worst things I do in my career, I'll be just fine. Well, I, the first question I had though, is how often does something like that happen? At, has that, that ever happened at any other point? I mean, I, I, the cameras picked it up is what really made it a big deal, but mm-hmm. I mean, is that an, a, a totally unusual thing for a fan to get ejected or for you to ask to be a fan to be ejected or a, a fellow playing partner to request that from security of some way? Uh, well, you know, it, it's just, it's happened more lately. It's um, because at these tournaments, you know, guys just, they do, they, they get drinking so much and it's just like, they kind of feel invincible on the other side of the ropes. And look, I understand that the, the needling and stuff like that's going to happen. And we do understand that, but it's just like when it, when it's inappropriate or when guys are doing it, like as we're over shots or they're just, I mean, when it gets ridiculous, it's like, there's just no spot no place for that you know it's i understand yeah we're athletes we're adults but it's it it is golf and um i think you know people so often are like well you know that's just typical golf being soft or whatever it is but it's like dude like those people different sport people in football basketball baseball those players can't hear them you know what i mean like you think tom brady can really hear all those people that are dog cussing him in the stands no it's like it's they're right there they're right next to us and it's like when you start saying stuff about personally or I mean I've heard I mean I remember it was so cool um at LA this year this guy was just non-stop on me on 17 and uh and he just was I mean being so inappropriate and just rude and finally I just kind of like turned around I'm like dude like that's that's good and uh and then he kind of and then he turned around of course act like he wasn't there and then he mm-hmm. and you know he didn't want to say it to my face and I just kind of you know I looked at him and I kept going and then he said it again and then Rory, I was playing with, he was just, he came down and he was like, get this guy out of here. He's wow. like, there's no, there's just no place for it. Um, the, I understand that there's different tournaments and different moments that, uh, that you can get rowdy and, you know, you can be loud, but it's just, uh, you know, like you said, it is golf and it's, it's, it's a shame that it's kind of gotten that way. And I, yeah, I do wish that, uh, that I had that moment over. Well, it's, it's kind of an unforeseen fallout of the cell phones being allowed now is that people can film themselves yelling at a player and post it and like look, look how funny i am like I, yeah. yeah like there's people that i just go and harass players and stitch their video together and post it to social media at the end of the day and mm-hmm. like i've like turned into somewhat popular social media accounts because of their harassing players and whatnot. yeah and it's just kind of I don't know. I know that golf, like you mentioned, just golf kind of being getting a bad rap in that regard. But it's a, a sport where you guys like need it to be quiet when you're hitting. Like when I'm playing around, I don't want people yelling when I'm yeah. getting ready to hit. I don't want people taunting. Like it's just not. Yeah, it's like not part it's, of the game. Yeah, it, it isn't. And you look at. I always look at Augusta. Um, yeah. It's like, look, they they don't sell liquor there, and people don't get out of hand, and people understand that if you yell, they'll kick you out, yeah. and you can't have cell phones and we never have any problems at Augusta and it's just, um, it's unbelievable. I I saw a picture actually. I, I was showing tiger last week of a picture of him last week. Did you see that with all the phones? It's like, it's like, what's it's unbelievable. Um, it's like, why, why would you do this when you could just watch it live? You know, Rory and I were talking about that because tiger hit one offline and we were kind of looking back and everyone's got their phones and we're just like, this is unbelievable. It man. can't be good quality photos it's, or video. Well, it's like, what do you do with it? Yeah. You know, like what, what are you going to like, wouldn't it be cooler to just tell the story to your friends? Like, Hey, I was right there as opposed to here, look at this really crappy video I took that yeah. <laughs> everyone's yelling and you can't really see anything. <laughs> yeah, no. It, well, and there's obviously a lot of fallout from it and what, it, what it's kind of that been like. I mean, you, do you feel like fans have turned on you? Like, is it stuck around? Is it, did people get over it? What has that been like? Oh no, people definitely haven't gotten over it. Um, you know, there's certain accounts or certain people that make sure that they don't let them forget. And it, it is what it is, but 
Um, I took, I just, I took that stuff very personally for, for a couple of weeks. I was, I was struggling after that. I just, I, it was the first time I'd really felt like I had people hate me, um, and, and rooting against me and, and people still yell, get in the bunker to me all the time. And I, at this point, it's just kind of funny. You got to steer into it at this point. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, man, like let's let it go. Is it really? That's, and that's kind of what I was just surprised at. And it's hard. Cause like, obviously people accuse me of being a, a a fanboy on your behalf or defending you, but I was like, dude, if like if Bubba ejected somebody, like I'd be like, yeah, that probably make they probably deserved it. Like I yeah. feel like that would make sense. And I try to put everything through that realm of. Mm-hmm. I just felt like the reaction was just way, way, way yeah. too strong. If, if, you can't, you can't say like, oh, toughen up, like oh, that's just golf and whatnot, and then treat such a very minor incident as if you. Yeah, it's a good point. Hurt somebody, you know, or like yeah. actually did something that was wrong. That's yeah. kind of the issue I have with it. Yeah, every, every once in a while, like I'll, I try not to just like read the comments or read stuff of anything I post. But if you ever get some uh, some time, it's pretty entertaining because yeah, it, it's always goes back to I'm surprised he didn't get that guy kicked out or did do this. It's like, dude, like I kicked out one guy. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like He's, I stabbed him with a trident yeah. and like and escorted him off the golf course. I, mean, I was going to say, gosh. It's, it's much funnier to joke about all the people that you clock in the head with your tee shots. So. Yeah, I don't kick them out for being in the way or anything. I mean, geez, <laughs> could be worse. All right, let's do a few more uh, little random grab bag questions. All right, how much do you weigh? I weigh about 160 pounds right okay. now. Because mm-hmm. they still on the broadcast say 145 every single time. So yeah. I figured that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Do you have one favorite stop on tour every year? Uh... I mean, are we excluding majors here? I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I love the players. Um, I love the Memorial. I love both of those tournaments. Those are two that stick out to me, yeah. I think. If Charlotte's I'm, great, too. Yeah, from a fan experience, both of those places are just such such great viewing mm-hmm. experiences. Um, do you, You've kind of, of all of your the majors you've played in, I feel like the Open Championship has been the one that's eluded you the most. Mm-hmm. And do you have any, any, why is that, I guess? And do you have any future plans to maybe play more Lynx golf and in, in leading up to the Open? Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty good chance I might go play the Scottish or something next year just because I love Lynx golf. Yeah. And I, I very, I truly do believe that I will win at least one or two British Opens. I just, I love, I love that kind of golf. I feel I'm very creative. I feel that I can hit the shots, but I just, for some reason, haven't performed very well. Yeah, it's, it just so happens to be that, you know, the three years I've played, I haven't been, and I've had three bad draws, and that's a part of the British Open, unfortunately, and it's, um, it is what it is, but I mean, over a long career, that stuff hopefully will even out, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's just, I don't know. I, I've, I've really just had one kind of, a couple bad holes the last two years. I mean, this year I had three consecutive holes where I made doubles and it's just like, you can't do that in a major. Yeah. And, um, and then two years ago I made like a nine and a, and a double or something. And it's like, and I missed the cut by one this year and I missed it whatever by two the year before. So it's like, I'm, I'm taking myself out of these tournaments just in a couple holes, just by doing something stupid. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel that we had a great game plan for Carnoustie this year, and, and I enjoyed it, and I was playing pretty well. I just um, just had three holes that, uh, yeah. that killed me. It'll, that'll happen quickly out there. But what do you mm-hmm. love about Lynx golf? It's just so fun. I mean, you can play totally different courses, even though you play the same course each day. You know, you get different wind. Um, this year was so fun because it was so baked out and so firm. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I, I just I love – I love, you know, sometimes when it gets rainy, windy, and, and you can hit a, a six iron from 130 yards just and you land in it, you know, 80 yards and letting it roll. I mean, that that stuff is enjoyable to me. Um, 
but yeah, I just, the, in terms of the success I've had at the open, I, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but, uh, but we'll get it figured out. Do you have a favorite links venue that you've played at ever? I mean, what's your favorite Lynx World County down? I, knew, I had a feeling that was going to be yeah, the one that what, what makes that one stand out? It just, it was awesome. I, I thought the, I just really, really liked it. I thought it was beautiful course too, but, um, I don't know. I just remembered a lot of holes out there that I really enjoyed and, uh, you know, that great, the 18th great finishing hole and that, that ninth hole is just unbelievable. But, um, that's they, interesting. Cause most, a lot of pros don't like blind shots and there's a lot of blind shots. There, kind of yeah, game. there are a lot of blind yeah. shots, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just a very true links and, um, I, it, Kings Barnes is pretty, pretty unbelievable too. Uh, it's, uh, Definitely one of the prettiest links courses you'll play. Did you play an event at Kings Barnes, or you just I, go my play first it? professional event was actually the Dundon Links. Okay, yeah, so I played there. Um, who's a player that you've seen uh, that's not in the mainstream discussion, and you can kind of define that however, how, whatever level you want, that you were really impressed with? The guy that like should should be on people's radar that is not on people's radar just yet. I mean, what, what kind of world ranking are we thinking? I here? mean, you can be thirty if you want. I mean, it could be as simple as like people don't understand how good Xander Shoffley is, or it might yeah. be some uh, anything in that regard. Of like, is there anybody that sticks out to you as kind of like got your attention? Maybe you played with or something that did something that really impressed you. Yeah, Xander is is definitely. He, I gave you that one. I know he is season. really good. I'm so I'm just confirming that. But well, that that was my takeaway from Malaysia because you played with him in Malaysia, mm-hmm. right? And I just I was really impressed with his ball striking. I, was too. I never yeah. played with him. Yeah, but um, I mean I'm I'm biased, but I mean I I think once a guy like Bud Collie wins, I mean I, just how good he hits it is mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and. Um, we uh we've played a lot of golf together he's obviously one of my best friends but you know i think when he comes back from this little accident uh i think that he's he's obviously hungrier now but and someone like him and trey molinax man trey is so good and i think the valero this year was huge for him uh just getting in contention having a chance to win but i think those are two kind of guys that once they win or once they get in contention more i mean bud's had a lot of chances but but Trey is someone that he hits it so far and drives it so straight, and his ball striking is unbelievable that once he can just kind of touch up some of the other parts of his game, I mean, he's someone like a, you know, like a Charles Howell that that will play 30, 25 mm-hmm. years out here and just absolutely be an ATM because he's so good. In that in that realm, like are you, do you feel comfortable enough to be or do you feel like enough of a veteran to go to him and be like, all right, here's what you need to clean up. Here's what you need to get better. Do you yeah. give advice to people like for that? For sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, someone like Bud knows. But, sure. but Trey, you know, um, this is, I guess, just his second year. Uh, so any way that I can help him, you know, I like playing practice runs with him and, and he'll ask stuff about the course. But he, he's gotten better at knowing what he needs to do. And, uh, you know, he's got a great, great caddy who's really good for him on his bag. And, um, yeah, it just with Trey, sometimes you have to say it a couple of times to kind of get it mm-hmm. to, to really sink in. But um, I think he's learning a lot. It's just it's, you know, the, the process is sometimes a little slow when it comes to learning. Obviously, uh, Bud had a was in a car accident there mm-hmm. at the memorial this past year, and you, he's one of your best friends and, and your roommate. What has that recovery process been like? I mean, what what is have you you've been up close and personal mm-hmm. and seeing it all and kind of 
take us through like from that day. I know that was a really tough time for you all the way to now. It seems like he's made quite the progress. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. And, uh, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of the, the, the swelling and everything just is, um, getting all that his range of motions good and his ribs are healed, which was great. The surgery went well, but yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was one of the toughest nights that, that I'd had. And I mean, since I could remember, uh, think i got like an hour and a half of sleep that night uh it was on friday night so i mean and then i had to go out and try to play golf on saturday and sunday and uh, i was when when i went and saw him in the hospital on saturday afternoon it for some reason calling me a lot i think being able to talk to him and seeing him and um and just kind of seeing his charisma and seeing that he was okay it was all still there yeah it just it helped and because I didn't I didn't know what to expect when I went in there I didn't know how he was going to be if he was going to be mad um so it just it it helped going in there and seeing him and I was able to kind of ease off a little bit but yeah I mean it's uh it's been a it's been a tough recovery for him and I know he wants to get back out there but you know he's just starting to hit balls again which is awesome and uh I know I'm pumped to have him back out so take us through this will be it last one but kind of what is what is jupe life like who are who are all the guys that live down here i mean i, I know I, i've kind of gotten i got a decent idea of it but how does it work out who do you hang with the most down here who hangs with each other what's it how's it work out yeah i mean i hang bud and i do about everything together when we're home but uh i mean i hang out with rick and allison a bunch uh i mean brooks is down here dj bug um, patrick cantley patrick rogers kevin tway um, we got a couple uh, other buddies that are here that we hang out with. PDU Alliance here, um, Camillo, Keegan, John Curran, Jamie Lovemark. Jeez. Um, and everybody at the Bears Club. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, Rory's here. Um, I feel bad. I pro- I'm leaving so many people out, but it's just. It's, I don't think you mentioned Tiger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and it's great. There's just so many. There's always always games, which is nice. But do you have to schedule it in advance, or do you just show up at the Bears Club and people? It are just kind of depends, you yeah. know. Well, when like off season, when it's you know just November, December, January, when everyone's here and the and the courses are good, then you're kind of pretty often. If you text someone the night before, hey, you got a game, be like, I already got something set up yeah. or, or whatever it may be. Um, and everyone kind of has their groups that they kind of hang and play with, but. Um, but yeah, it's it's always pretty easy to find a find a game. Who's the hardest hardest guy to get on the golf course? Like just never never like can't pull him out of and say like oh, let's go let's go play a game and they're like nah. I can't. Probably Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, he just he's he's never really not that he's not a hard worker or anything, but he's he's always enjoyed his downtime. Yeah. I mean he and I've gotten a lot better at that. I mean I I like not really touching a golf club for a little bit when I'm off and. Um, I mean, he just kind of works out. I'll go out in the boat and I'll just hang out. But yeah, he's, he's not someone when he has an off week, he'll spend five of those days practicing, you know, he may spend two or three and he maybe go play, but he'll just kind of go hit balls for a couple hours and, and take it easy. And then he'll spend kind of like I do, you know, spend his time working on the, uh, on site that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What is your downtime? Like you mentioned that and how, how, how much time do you spend off? I mean, I know like us amateurs at home, when I spend like five or six days away from a golf club, when I pick it back up, it, I don't even know where the club face <laughs> yeah. is. How long does the layoff have to be before you to feel like that? It's uh it, it just differs. It really does. I get in the same habits. Um, I mean, I know, after taking three days off, I'm going to go out and my club face isn't going to be good halfway at the top. I'm probably going to have it super laid off and then I'm just going to be kind of wiping at the ball. And it, it's so that kind of have to go through my fundamental, my checkpoints to to get everything kind of fixed up. But it's um, I, I don't know. I used to be really bad at taking time off and bad at 
get, getting my feels back when I, when I come back, but I have gotten better. And, um, so I mean, I enjoy taking if I have a week off, like not really touching, I'll slowly get into it Thursday, probably have a pretty good day Friday, Saturday, maybe go play. And then Sunday, just kind of do something light. And, um, I feel like by then I, I could start a tournament on, on Monday, but, um, but then I use that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to really kind of hone in on the, on the certain areas of my game I need to. Are there ever tournaments you show up? I I know I said last question, but are there tournaments that you show up for that you're like, Oh man, I I'm not ready to play a week. I'm not ready to play this week. Oh yeah. 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 I've had that. I've had that a bunch. Really? Uh, And as funny as it is, I've, I've played well. I've won tournaments like that. I mean, um, I mean, in Akron this year, even I was like, I I didn't really know because I'd taken, taken some time off and, um, and it just was kind of getting back into it. Then all of a sudden I just kind of, we worked really hard and found something and, and, and played really well. But yeah, I mean, there, I feel like some of those times because it takes the expectations away and you kind of think about, don't think about that as much. It, it some, sometimes helps. Very last one. I promise. Is there a future major venue that your eyes kind of light up at? Like have you, do you have a future major venue at all? Oh, Valhalla like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I can't put into words how excited I am for that. I, I, I it's going to be to the point where I need to calm myself down <laughs> because it's my only opportunity to ever play in front of my hometown yeah. and my home crowd. Um, and it'll, it'll just make me feel the most special that I can. So it's, uh, it'll be really cool being a past champion there and going to the champions dinner, um, and just being able to play. And I mean, I've played that course so many times it's sure. 25 minutes from my house and, and staying at home. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really, really excited for that one. Cool. All right. We'll wrap it at that JT. Thanks for letting me come down. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Appreciate the time. Best of luck with the rest of the season. Thank you, sir. Take it home for us. We'll do. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.